0: So I'm talking about joy this morning, huh? There you go. That's what you got to do. Get on the train, head to the city. Here we go. Um, if you do that, let me know. I'd like to follow you. But um, is that what it is? Is that what it is? We talk about joy, joy to the world, and you know, peace on earth, and joy to all the world. Is that is that what we're talking about here? Um, well, I mean, I suppose in some form or another. That might be, I don't know, proper, but that might be the occasion. But that's not what I'm talking about. Um, I want to read to you, first of all, from part of the Christmas story in the book of Luke in the New Testament, and uh, just to show you for uh, yourself where that term comes from. And it's beginning in Luke chapter 2, verse 8. Let me just follow along with me. I've got it for you on the screen. That night, some shepherds were in the fields outside the village guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of God's glory surrounded them. They were terribly frightened, but the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news, here it is, of great joy for everyone. We see that, we read that, we see that in song, we hear that in song, we see that in Christmas cards, we see p r we hear people talk about it, you know, have a great holiday, have a joyful Christmas or a joyful holiday, or whatever the situation may be. So I want to just kind of dig a little bit beneath the surface on this and talk about it from a real well, for lack of a better term, a spiritual perspective, uh, what it means when we really understand that, what it really means when we really grab hold of that concept in our lives. And what did Jesus, uh, what was the intention of Jesus coming? And, and why, what was the purpose of God writing in, in the Bible and uh, through, through Luke, Luke writing in the Bible about this thing of great joy for everyone? And what's happened to it? I mean, most of us could probably agree that in some cases we've lost it. Sometimes it's too, um, in my opinion, sometimes it's been distorted by religious people as to what joy really is. Sometimes it's been uh, buried in our busyness, um, just in busyness in life. Add to that this time of the year. Uh, you know, when you drive, uh, we drove, Charlie and I drove the other day, just yesterday, just over to, to Highway 10 and back from Short Hills where we live. And, and I mean, it was like, I think we went through two or three CDs getting there and back for, you know, just, a, just about a five or ten minute stop, you know. And, and, uh, um, and that's just the way it is just the busyness of the time and so forth. But you know, there's another thing to that, and it's not just at Christmas, but it does happen there. There's another thing that, ha- that happens in this whole thing of joy and, 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 and whether or not it should be 12 days or 12 months of the year, which of course, I think you know my premise on that, it should be 12 months of the year. The other thing that happens sometimes, more than not, is it gets hijacked, what I call getting hijacked by the joy suckers of life. And the joy suckers of life could be and often are people. Sometimes they're situations, but even then, oftentimes those situations are driven by people. So I want to talk about that just for a moment. In fact, I thought what I would do is this I thought I might just do a little 12 point thing here. I'm going to do some of these very quickly. I do this occasionally. For those of you who are new to us or visiting with us, I-, I like lists. You know, I don't, what do you call that? Linear thinking or something? I like lists sometimes. And so I thought I'd just do a little list here. You might be a joy sucker if... Okay? So you just make the application to yourself. And then, you know, I'm going to watch carefully. I can't see really well because of the lights. But if I see any elbows moving, um, you know, that could be a bad thing. No, just feel free to do whatever. But anyway, so let's, let's do this. Twelve ways to know if you're sucking the life out of people, okay? You could say twelve ways to know if you suck. But anyway, we'll just do. you might be a joy sucker if... Sorry, uh, you might be a you might be a joy sucker. If let's start with that. All right. First thing is, if if that's it, the Three Stooges don't make you laugh. You might be a joy sucker. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, sorry. I mean, we got. Oh, come on. Listen. Some people, whether it's, the, whether it's the Three Stooges or whether it's something else, some people need to lighten up. Right. That's my point behind this. Some people need to lighten up. Some people don't think they can have fun. I know a lot of quote-unquote people who who call themselves Christians who sometimes can be like that. You know, and you get, you go to church and you oh, you know, you get all that holy stuff going on and you're like, oh, man, you know, that whatever it is. All right. Number two, if your blackberries is your daddy, okay? If your blackberries is your daddy. Now, I heard some stories about this this morning. I'm always hearing stories. Now, you know, in some cases... It may not be black, let me tell you what happened. I got, I got it right here. Okay, this is, this is. It's not a blackberries, but it's a trio, and it's my new phone. And I, it's wonderful because I can get email on here, and I can get it's my phone. I've got all. If I have your phone number, it's on here. Okay, or, or your address, it's on here. And this is just this. And I've also got Tetris if I really get bored. But um. <laughs> So anyway, and this is terrific, and, and what happens is, of course, when the phone rings, I get it, right now it's on vibrate because there are people here who plot every Sunday trying to catch me, leaving my phone off of vibrate so they can find me, but they haven't caught me yet. But anyway, when normally it's not on vibrate and, and you know, the, the, the phone rings and so forth, and it's a fairly new thing, and, and I had it out, the, but whenever I get an email, I get a doo-doo-doo-doo, you know, I get an email. Um, and if I get an email to my uh, Richard Renaissance address, Somebody's calling me right now, as a matter of fact. Anyway, um, Will Chase, what are you doing? (laughs) Okay, Uh, did you do that? Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, um, see, it tells me who you are, too. Anyway, a lot of phones do that, obviously. But anyway, I'll take this out just after I got it. And we were out to, Charlie and I were out to dinner. And uh, the phone rang one time, and she was okay with that. She's pretty good. But then I started getting two or three emails. Went doo 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 and and whenever Charlene gets a little little um, not not necessarily bothered, but gets a little excited. Sometimes her little southern accent comes out, and she said, "If you think you're going to take that thing to me with dinner every time, every and all the people that come with it, you may have another think coming, buddy." And um, so we had to have a little chat about that. And um, so now I you know I just. Sometimes I'll leave it behind. But anyway, here's the point. And I, I know I'm not the only one guilty of this, and I won't name names. But, and obviously, sometimes you have deals going on, and that's a whole different, uh, emergencies, whatever. That's a different type of situation. But sometimes we, we, we have to be sensitive to others, and especially those that we love. In all kind, It may not be a BlackBerry or a Trio, or it may be something else in terms of just consideration for people. My point is this, you might be a joy sucker if you don't think about other people in those kinds of situations. Maybe they're, maybe they're close to you, maybe they're not. But, but think about that, it's gonna be kind of rude. You know, and somebody said, you know, cell phones and all the stuff that it comes with sometimes can be rude, sometimes it can. But again, that's, that's all in, in the person doing it. And we have some control over that. Most of the time, certainly. All right, so that's the second thing. Third, third thing, you might be a joy sucker if... You have JBHD. I'm I gotta this is one of those things seriously, I did I did this this particular one late at night one night when I was in one of those moods and I had to get this stuff to Steve because he gets he does the PowerPoint for us every every Sunday and I had to get this to him the next but and then after I sent it to him I'm thinking, Why did I put that in there? So I couldn't take it back. It's one of those deals, you know. So I'm going to tell you what it is, but I'm not. It's it's immature and it, it's you know it's me. What can I say? Uh, um, it's kind of immature and childish. But here's what J B H D is that that was composed in late late one night. J B H D is the Jerk Butthead Disorder. Okay, <laughs> just that's what it is. All right, I know, I know. You're thinking, man, I came to church on Sunday here before this. Okay, here's here's what I here's what Here's the deal. You're a jerk if you have this disorder or whatever you want to call it, if you're one of those people who will use guilt and manipulation to get things done. That's, that's a bad thing. If you use guilt and manipulation to get things done, you're a joy sucker. And sometimes parents do that. And you know what? You probably need to hear this from somebody that loves you. Sometimes people do that at this time of the year more than other times. We're going to talk about that more in a moment and give you some solutions to that. But that's, that's what this is. And it might not be just guilt manipulation. It might be intimidation. It might be fear. Um, you have no business with that. God doesn't do that with us, thank God. Some people say that he does, but he doesn't. And you don't find that in the Bible. You find a holy reverence but you don't find this intimidation and fear that people use. All right. Another, a fourth thing, you know, and they're, getting, they're getting a little more serious. You can't laugh at yourself. You can't laugh at yourself. People have to kind of walk on eggshells around you. Um, a fifth thing, you're all, it's almost always all about you. It's almost always all about you. and you sit down for a conversation, it's about you. Sometimes it's a good time to do a little test on that around the holidays. You sit down with somebody and you knew everything that happened, good and bad, that happened to them in the past 12 months, maybe a, a relative or an old friend or something, and, you know, maybe after an hour and a half, they, they may or may not know a thing about what's, what your, your year has been like. Uh, you, it's not just, you know, it's not, that's, that's, that's just joy-sucking. Um, another one, a seventh one here, all right, um, a sixth one, I'm sorry. You're good at fault-finding. You're good at fault-finding. That's not a good thing to be. Anybody can do that. I don't know why it is. Some people who, who do that a lot think they have some kind of a special talent or a special gift, and you don't. We all, anybody can criticize. Anybody can be negative. It takes, it takes a cut above the rest. I think, I think it takes, I think at times, it takes God power, God-like power instilled in us by God to rise above that and to look for the positive and to look for the good. Um, anybody can fault fine. Um, number seven, you think fun and entertainment is a waste of time. There are people like that. You know, it's, he, let me. I had a discussion not long ago with someone who had come to the church here and visited, and, and they had come from a different kind of background where things were a little more um, stoic, shall we say, you know, a little more uh, and I'm not being critical of that at all, but it was just a little, a little more, a uh, little more reserved, and not quite as much emphasis upon, and we try to bring in all the emotions and all the things because I think that's that's where God intended us. That's why the arts are important to us and so forth. The way God intended it, we're we're total people. Anyway, this person was saying to me when we had, had some particularly good music that which we do every Sunday. I mean, and uh, but I think one of the songs the guys did was a rock song or whatever. But anyway, they said to me they were asking about the church. And they said, uh, is, and they were checking us out, and that's fine. That's a good thing to do. And they said, is this, is this just about entertainment? I've had that question two or three times, actually, uh, more than that. And you know what my response was? I said, what's wrong with that? I said, what's wrong with that? And they looked at me kind of funny, and I said, I hope it's not boring and unentertaining. See what's happened is we've gotten this whole thing. And I could really go off on of this, and I'm not, because I was, you know, I've been, in, I've been in church, I've been in church since I was two stinking weeks old, okay, and I and 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 in some form of church, okay, and so um, some of my childhood problems are coming out right now. Just deal with me here for a moment, all right? And 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 and, and, and it, it, you know, the whole thing is this: I know boring church. I've been there, okay. I was raised that way. I love my mom and dad, and they did the best they could, but you know, when you're in the middle of the of nowhere in Ohio, you gotta do what you gotta do, all right? For church. And uh, that's a fun thing. They say, you know, you you say you can never go back. You can go back to Union Baptist Church. It's still the same way it was fifty years ago, let me just tell you. Same way, all right? Um, um, and it just it's eerie sometimes when you go in there. I just kind of start shaking. I'm you know. Listen, who said What we do when we talk about God and relationship with God had to be boring and unentertaining. Who came up with that? Who came up with that premise? I want Him. All right? Because that's not true. That's not the way God is. And life with God is not like that. It's an adventure. Yeah. Are there some times that are a little boring? Sure, that's life. Are there some times that are sad? Yeah, there sure are. But there are also some great times when we're following Christ and having a relationship with God. And I think church should reflect that of all places. And I, think, I think church, Big C, has failed in that way, on many, in many ways. So that's, you know, if you're one of those people, and it's always got to be about, you know, this or that, and it can't be fun and entertaining and like, you may be a joy sucker. Now, you need to think about that in your relationship with your family or, or friends or, or co-workers, or whoever it happens to be. Eight thing. This is kind of a, you enjoy giving bad news. There are people like that. Hey, did you hear about such and such? You know, they just really, you know, and, and certainly sometimes the news media gives you the impression that that's all they want to do. Um, ninth thing, you rarely give compliments. Sometimes people are like that. You know, don't do that. Sometimes people just bust their tail and, you, and, and they're waiting, somebody, waiting for someone to say, whether it be a parent or whether it be a, a supervisor or whether it be somebody that works for them. They're waiting for somebody to pat them on the back. We call it giving them attaboy in our office. We call it, we have this phrase that we heard in one leadership conference, I hold you in high esteem. I hold you in high regard. And uh, we kind of joke, hey, I hold you in high regard. We do something good every now and then. Sometimes I'll say, you know, I want a little more than that this time, okay? I want a bigger attaboy. But um, we need that. If you're one of those people who rarely give compliments, stop it. Just start looking for that. That's just, you're sucking the joy out of people. Uh, you can't take a compliment. How about that one? People like that too. Number, um, number 11, you have a God complex. What's a God complex? You're judgmental and you're condemning. Only God can judge. And even God reserves until the last, last moment to do that. What makes us think we can kind of intervene on God's behalf and make judgments about people for all kinds of various reasons? Obviously, people in the church, so to speak, quote unquote, religious people have had a problem with that over the years. And sometimes, unfairly, they get criticized of that. Most of the time, though, it's probably a pretty fair criticism. Number 12, last thing you're perceived as a negative person, you're a joy sucker if you're perceived as a negative person. Let me give you a quote from St. Augustine that I just really like. Watch this, look at this. Indeed, a man wishes to be happy or joyful even when he so lives as to make happiness impossible. In other words, we desire it, but why is it that we live so often in such a way as to not enhance that? Why is that? Well, because we're fallen people, well, that, that probably has something to do with it. Because we're not connected to God in the right way, I think that has something to do with it as well. Uh, that there's also some things that just may need to change about my, my personality. Some people say, well, it's just not my personality to be like this. Well, maybe your personality needs to change. Because all of us have, all of us have little rough spots in our personality that need to change and to be sort of sanded off, so to speak. All right, now, here's the truth. The truth is there is a perception problem for those of us who are followers of Christ. People think that being a Christian is all about somberness many times. Many times people think it's about being overly serious. It's about walking on eggshells. That's this great cosmic being in the sky. God will somehow rain fire and brimstone down on us because we're having too much fun or uh, we somehow, we're just a little too irreverent. We have a problem with that. Those of us often who are followers of Christ, or at least with the perception of that. And you know, I, i i for one i'm trying to overcome that i'm trying to to give people a different view certainly that's part of what renaissance is about. part i hope you will take that as a little personal mission to let people say hey you know you don't have to be sad and sour and yucky and sucky to be a follower of christ sucky as in sucking the life out of people okay um so here's the problem here's the here's that's the problem how do we solve it? That's what I want to talk to you about for the next few minutes that we have left. Here's, here's, the, here's my premise at this point, and that is this. How do I, how do I change it? How do I change it? And, and, and sort of my, my concluding takeout food for thought, so to speak, is this. Be determined to not suck, okay? Okay? Be... <laughs> Sorry. I didn't know how else to say it. I wrote that two or three times, and I'm thinking, uh, you know, be determined to not suck the life out of people, okay? That's the issue. Think about this. We we tried to get a picture of this. We couldn't find it. And all of us who've had kids or have kids around us have seen kids with a little juice box, you know, that you suck those juice boxes. And have you ever seen a kid just keep sucking on one of those things until the point they just become almost flat? I've felt that way before. Haven't you? When you've been around somebody, they're just like, I got nothing left. They just suck the life right out of me. I'm going to help you not to do that, okay? I'm going to help you not to do that because I'm going to tell you something. And this is what's really cool. It doesn't have to be me. The Bible talks about this. And the Bible gives us some clear answers about this. And I want to show you what the Bible teaches about this because this is pretty exciting to me. One of my my deals, so to speak, is is that I believe the Bible is is the most relevant, culturally relevant, changing piece of literature. I think it's more than that, but book on the face of the earth. And and, and I don't think the Bible is boring. I think many people who talk about it are boring as, well, you finish this. I mean, it's boring. But the Bible's not boring. I've been boring. The Bible's not boring. All right, and that's what I want to show you. Just real, just three thoughts. Not a formula, just thoughts first one is this. Be focused on others. Be focused on others. Let me show you Philippians chapter 4. This is good stuff. Celebrate God all day and every day. I mean, revel in Him. Make it as clear as you can to all you meet that you're on their side. Now watch this. You're on their side working with them and not against them. It comes from the Bible. He said, let people know. Let people see who you are and what you are. And that you're you're for them, no matter who they are, where they are, what's going on in their life. Whether it be uh, with our film clip, by the way, I didn't tell you that film clip came from the movie Elf. Um, I don't know if it's on there or not. Whether you know, I think maybe it might be a little bit of an exaggeration to go to go uh, into the streets of New York when people are passing out stuff and go back and forth. All let them know you let them know you you take their little things or whatever the little pamphlets, especially some of them, you know. Um, I, I, always make, I always make eye contact with those guys. I try to. I always try to make eye contact and say, no, thank you. And, uh, and when the guy was handing out the other day, was, and, then, and this guy was handing out, it was pouring something. And uh, I said, uh, I don't think so. And he said, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> First time I ever got a response out of one of them. But uh, I kind of got a kick out of that. But anyway, um, I live for that kind of stuff. Listen, be focused on others. This is, more, this is more than just thinking about others. We think about this time, you know, just think about it for Christmas time. Just a little thing. It's just a little trite thing. Just a trite thing. But if you're more excited about what you're getting than what you're giving, I think you need to think about that. I think you need to think about that a little bit. Not just at Christmas time, but anytime. It's It's a matter of giving of ourselves. And sometimes we have to really work hard at teaching our children that as well. But it's about giving not just at christmas time but that's a good time to really uh, to really start it off and to really kind of emphasize it be focused on others and thinking about them and, and what you can do for them and so forth the bible's big on that and you know that that's that's a that's a that's not only not sucking the life out of people but that's that's really being a joy giver and that's what we're talking about second thing this is important have thought through boundaries it's kind of a big deal we're talking about this the other day with some friends and let me show you a a, a passage that's in proverbs and i'll make the application let me just read it to you it's in proverbs chapter 22 don't hang out with angry people watch this don't keep company with hotheads why bad temper is contagious don't get infected you say uh oh got to get a divorce no that's not what he's saying (laughs) <laughs> just kidding uh, <laughs> he's not saying that you separate yourself from the person who I mean totally separate yourself what, what, the, what, the Proverbs, what the writer of the Proverbs is teaching here is real simple and that is this he said listen bad behavior is contagious Paul put it this way in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 he says, bad he says be not deceived in the King James uh, be not deceived bad company corrupts good morals it's a good verse it's a good statement same thing here what he's saying basically is this there are certain kinds of influences that i don't need to be around his example here is the hothead you don't want to be around that too much or you may find yourself doing the same type of things some of you can relate to that and you need to you need to have some boundaries somebody was telling talking the other day um, and we, in a little group we were talking about in our tea at 10 group and on friday morning and somebody was saying you know there are certain family members that I have just said at Christmas time, we're not going to be there. Now, I'm not sure how they handled that. I'm not sure how they said that, but they talked about how every time they got with certain family members, certain things would happen, and, and basically the joy would just get sucked out of them to finally, they said, you know, why don't we just have, why don't we meet some other time for lunch or breakfast? We're not going to do that with our family for Christmas this year. Sometimes you got to do that. Really? You say that's hard. I didn't say it's easy, but sometimes we have to have those boundaries set up, and it works both ways. Now, does that mean we never sacrifice? No. Does that mean we never we are never selfless and sometimes put ourselves out to be with them? No, that's not what I am saying at all. I am just saying examine those influences and put some boundaries up to be careful. Got to be careful with that stuff. That's what I am. That's what I am getting at here. Um, it's just having that influence. I call it having influence protection. Um, have thought-out boundaries. Think through that. If that person, and every time I'm around them, they're just sucking the life out of me, number one, I'm going to tell them, and I'm going to talk to them. And number two, somewhere in here, I'm going to start looking at my influences and decide, what am I going to do with that? All right, that's the second thing. Now, there's a lot you can do with that, and I, I, be careful with it. Think, that, that, that term, think through or thought through, that's there very intentionally. Think through that, okay? Think through it. Don't just make some sort of capricious decision about this. Think through it with all the things that you need to think through with love and kindness, but at the same time boundaries. And what am I going to do and how am I going to be exposed? And what am I doing, you know, what am I doing to my family? Whatever the case may be. All right. Third thing. Third thought. If I'm going to be determined here to not suck, be focused on others. Have thought through boundaries. Third thing, get a joyful heart. Get a joyful heart. Let me show you again from Proverbs chapter 15, verse 15. It goes like this. For the poor, every day, every day brings trouble. For the happy heart, life is a continual feast. In a very trite, silly, immature way. It's kind of what we saw on the film clip, wasn't it? Life was a feast. He loved everything. Even the the gum thing just about got to me, I got to tell you. Taking the gum off the subway and putting it in your mouth. Wow, that's something. But anyway, um, I can't think about it too much. Um, <laughs> but his point is that the, Proverbs, the writer of Proverbs is really good. You know, for the happy heart, life is a continual feast. You say, boy, I like that. I want that. Uh, and that. And that's so true. Listen, authentic internal joy is not a behavior pattern. It's not a learned quality. It's not a personality characteristic, or it's not a, a lifestyle that I'm determined to live, okay? Uh, this authentic internal joy is none of those things, because then it would run out. And, and then I'm, I'm, I'm left empty, and then I'm sucked dry because I've been performing. And And performing is great, but it can only last for so long when you're living that way. So here's the key to this whole thing. It's the result of something else. I I mean, it really is. If it's genuine, if it's authentic, it's the result. It's not something that I can just, I mean, I can crank it up if I have to for a while. You can too for a while. But you know as well as I do, eventually that's going to run dry and you're going to be sucked dry. There has to be something else. And that's where the authentic thing comes in as you're connected to and in relationship with Almighty God. That's why he talked about it so much in the Bible, just in the book of Philippians alone, 16 times. I had all the numbers and I, I didn't use them I, I'm not going to use them, but it was, I, mean, I did a whole search for joy and joyfulness and so throughout the whole Bible and it was you know it was two or three thousand i got kind of, i was going to go through them all and i said nah not going to do it um <laughs> i know they're there i know they're there get a, you know if you want to see it i get you i a nice computer program and you can you can do it yourself you know, i didn't count them all i just want you to know that but um it's it, authenticity in terms of joyfulness and a joyful heart you know you can't change your heart i've tried that Have you ever tried that you get along, I'm going to just change how I feel. I'm going to change how I, am going to change. You can't do that. Only God can change a heart. Only God can do that. Let me show you this. This is just one last thought from a passage that is so good from the book of Galatians in the New Testament. Look at it. But what happens when we live God's way? He brings gifts in our, into our lives, much the same way that fruit appears in an orchard. Things like affection for others, exuberance about life. That's the way he he translates joy. The word is joy there in the original. Uh, Exuberance about life. It's not a personality. It's an attitude. State of heart. Frame of reference. Frame of mind. And then he gives it serenity or peace. This is in a passage that is normally referred to uh, in more religious circles as sort of the, the fruit of the Spirit or whatever. And that's exactly what the way the message, the way uh, Peterson translates it here. He brings gifts into our lives much the same way that a fruit appears in an orchard. Things like affection for others, exuberance about life. So, you know, you crank it up and you do really good for the Christmas holidays and you say, darn it, I'm going to be joyful. I'm going to be joyful. And then January 1 hits or January 2nd or whatever and you're like... And that's the way it's always going to be. You know, and then you crank it up again for something else and sometimes you crank it up for church or or whatever. And I I I really hope you won't do that here. I hope you'll be authentic. That's part of who we are, being authentic. And you know what? True authenticity in terms of a joyful attitude, in terms of that, that, that subtle attitude of joyfulness, not necessarily like we saw on the elf, but a state of mind, a frame, a frame of reference for the heart, can only come in relationship with God. And he puts it there as a consequence of our relationship with him. Now, what a great time at Christmas. Some of you, this, some of you, this is new to. Some of you, it's just a good reminder to what a great time at Christmas to just think about this and think, you know what? I'm not going to call it a New Year's resolution or a, a Christmas commitment or whatever you want. I'm not going to call it. I'm going to say, I want to I really explore that. And I want to really experience that. I wanna, and, and the way I'm going to do that is by just giving my life, giving my life to Christ and saying, Lord, I don't understand it all. I'm not sure how it all works, but I want to give my life to you right now. I believe you came and lived and died and rose again and give eternal life as best as I can understand that. I don't know that any of us totally understand that. I want to do that right here and, and 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 Lord, I want I want the consequence of that. Nothing wrong with praying that prayer, God. I want that. Maybe for some of us, it's going to be a prayer of, God, I've I've committed my life to you a long time ago, but I really want to know what it means again, just to feel and experience the joy. Of knowing my God, my Creator, and you know what? God God will honor that. Maybe not. Maybe it's not an instant thing, but God will honor that prayer. He will. What a great time to pray it. Maybe today. Maybe this week. Maybe at Christmas. I don't know. It's a good thing to do. Let's pray together now, God. These are valuable truths. I pray, Lord, that we've laughed about some of them, and I've joked around some of them, and used some some crude terms to try to describe it. Lord, I, I pray that the message there won't get lost in any of that because this is important stuff. And I pray for each one of us here. And we're in different places, in different stages, and some of us are just like, I don't understand any of this, but I want to try to start figuring out. Some of us are like me where I've known you, Lord, for many years, but I still have to come back to you and say, God, I'm not where I need to be. I'm allowing people to suck me dry. I'm allowing those joy suckers to get to me. God, help, help us to plug into you, whatever that might mean for each one of us and wherever we are in our, in our journey and our walk with you. We thank you, Lord, for your love for us. We thank you for the sacrifice you made for each of us when you came to earth as a baby and then went to the cross as a man and did that for us. We thank you for that, Lord. We thank you for all the, We thank you for the week to come. Pray we would approach it with some of these truths that we've learned here. We thank you now for that in the name of of our Lord Jesus. We thank you and pray. Amen.